Welcome to Beans and Breakdowns, a podcast dedicated to bridging the gap between specialty coffee and the heavy music community. On this episode, I'm joined by Daryl McFadden, guitarist of the band Foreign Pain. So grab a fresh cup of coffee and wake the fuck up! What's going on, Caffeinated Crew, this morning? I am joined by Daryl from the band Foreign Pain, a uh, hardcore band out of LA. Daryl, how's it going this morning? Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I've got some coffee. Uh, I know that you have mentioned that you're not so much a coffee person, but what are you drinking on your side? Uh, well, I am drinking coffee today. Okay. What I usually do is uh, I'm into that uh, Creo brew. It's the cacao. Okay. So that's that's mostly what I drink. But as far as coffee, I'm more of a convenience type person. Get it right. just kind of out. Like I don't I was listening to all your podcasts. Everyone seems to have a a homemaker. I don't have that. I've never made coffee at home in my life. <laughs> so that's why I say I'm not really a coffee person. You're drinking a lot. The, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I drink it a lot, but just I don't I don't buy the bags. I don't make it at home. It's kind of a kind of poserish. No, it's great because you're supporting the local economy. I, I always kind of feel bad when I'm just brewing and brewing and brewing at home and I never go out to actually like tip the baristas or like, you know, support You're still that. buying the bags though. I know. I, I'm more supporting the, 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 the corporation side, not really corporation, but the business side of it. And not so much like, I guess the individual employee, but yeah. still I, you know, I try to spend as much as I can on coffee before it hits that threshold of too much. They're just, the, the machines are so expensive. I just listened to the Ignite one last night with Nick and I was like, <laughs> oh shit, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Homeboy's machine is like 600 bucks, I think. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. if you, if you do it every day, that's kind of nothing. Which I just have this, this is like 30 bucks. And I mean, I'm okay. going to get, I'm going to get shit for this from somebody, but I bought it on Amazon during the pandemic. So that's my thing. The, the, the uh, cacao, you just, it's literally a French press. This little French press, put it in Ex- there. Explain this this to me, because I have never heard of this Creo. It's Creo brew. It's just cacao. It's literally a French press. It's the same way I figure okay. you would do coffee. Takes ten minutes. And how do you spell this? Because I have never heard uh, of this. C R I O B R U. Okay, I'm gonna look into this. It's a thing I got into over the pandemic too. Okay. Cool. I should have bought a coffee coffee maker, but that's what I got. (laughs) No, you're like on the other end of it. It's like everybody's getting in a coffee, like some kind of schmuck. You're like, I'm going to take it another level and do a drink that nobody. (laughs) It was just it was a bored internet search. (laughs) Got lucky. So it's cacao. So does it have more of the bitter properties of like a cacao plant? Uh, Like the one, the ones I've been drinking, it's like a Ghana French roast. So it's a little more roasty. Mm-hmm. And then I do the Nicaragua. It's like a medium roast. So I have to put monk fruit in it. That's so interesting. Sweetener. So it's yeah. still the origins that you would usually find coffee because, you know, coffee plants and cacao grow in essentially the same climate. Mm-hmm. But I guess it would be a bit sweeter, but they still roast the cacao. Yeah, it's weird. I wish I knew more about it. <laughs> no, I mean, I just drink it. I'm I'm going to have to go down this rabbit hole now because I have never, ever heard of this. I love cacao. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's 
glorious. You know, I only eat chocolate that's like 70% and above anyway. So okay. if I can drink it in a, in a cup, I'm going to try it. <laughs> I feel like it has a similar effect. I'm just more into the taste. Okay. Personally. So it is probably a bit sweeter. Uh, just because of the monk fruit. <laughs> yeah, I kind of ruin it. <laughs> I met a roaster, roasted a very small batch in Montreal for a shop that is really, really cool called Osmo. Mm. But his coffee roasting company is called Goosekeeper. I've had them on the podcast before. Um, it was a Colombian coffee, but this time he has a Kenyan that is fermented for 12 hours while it's being processed. Um, which Crazy. gives it an insane fruity characteristic. So it's got a lot of like nectarine and peach. And there was another, oh, dried apricot is really... Oh, wow. So the, the apricot taste is very, very much there, and, but it's not too sour like what I would imagine most anaerobics, but it's definitely not fruity like a normal... I mean, uh, earthy like a normal Kenyan coffee. So it's very, very good. But Goosekeeper, he's doing a lot of cool stuff. Um, very, very small batches maybe a kilogram at a time. And then he sells it for a pretty, pretty um, reasonable price as well, which is cool. Damn, that sounds good. So shout so out, what Mike. would you recommend getting for coffee? Just am pure amateur here. Pure amateur? I'll tell like you I how, know nothing. How I started is there was, when I was in college in Birmingham, there was a shop called Octane, which was started in Atlanta. And then they opened two or one or two locations in Birmingham. And I would go in with my friends because it was a cool shop and get a mocha. Not a white so mocha or anything like that, which I, yeah. I used to love white mochas when I was a Starbucks guy. White mochas were my shit. But that is still my Starbucks drink. Yes. If I go there, yeah. White chocolate mochas were everything to me. But when I went to Octane, they didn't do all the fancy, lots of different flavors. They made homemade syrups and things like that. So they made homemade mocha on the location. And so... Amazing espresso, great barista training and everything. So start off with a mocha, then it's too sweet for me. So maybe I'll try a latte. Latte becomes a little too sweet and I don't really want the milk. So when I had a pour over, that was really when my brain connected and was like, oh, there's all these different flavors in the coffee. I don't need to put milk and syrup. So for beginners, I always say get a mocha. If it's hot, get an iced mocha. And it will kind of incorporate the espresso a bit more into your palate so that you start learning there's fruity flavors and, you know, like bright nutty flavors that you can kind of taste through the chocolate. The chocolate kind of helps get that, that flavor to you, if that makes sense. Yeah. I have a, I have a bunch of buddies that are like coffee guys. Yeah. We go to the, uh, we go, they'll take me to coffee shops all the time and I'm just kind of like, ah, what do they have? Like I just recently had the, the carbonated, like the soda water or whatever type oh, an espresso coffee. tonic. Yeah. And then like I've had the nitros, all that mm -hmm. stuff. I just like don't have the taste yet. The that's, acquired taste for it. Yeah. And that's fine. It took me so long to like espresso on its own. Yeah. I was a barista for like two years before I actually started enjoying drinking just shots of espresso. Aside from dialing in, you know, you take a couple of sips and are like, oh, it's too fruity. It's too bright. It's too sour. But drinking a full on espresso, no, hated it. Huh. So it definitely does take a lot of time. In terms of like doing a pour, I do pour overs every single day. Okay. Uh, what, because what, it, what machine is that? This like is what called do you a, use? It's called a Hario V60. 
Hardy LV60. Okay. And you can pick up, they make little plastic ones where instead of it being like a cone, there's a little piece around it that sits, you can sit on top of a mug okay, and, and pour directly in. But it's great because it makes two cups of coffee max at a time. And so you don't have a lot of waste, but also it gives you a very vibrant and open taste in your coffee. It, it kind of unlocks a lot of the flavors that even like a coffee machine would maybe mask with the way that it's brewed. Gotcha. So that's that's one reason why I really like it. But I, I started doing these every day during the pandemic. I was like, okay. I'm not going back. I'll never yeah, drink the thing is I'm around, I'm around so much good coffee. I should probably buy some and make it. I always try to uh, convince people, like just try it once. And then if you need to put milk, put milk. Because I have friends that love good coffee and they put oat milk in it. And that's fine with me. Like, you know, coffee is like music. Pick your flavors, try different flavors. If you don't like it, stay away from it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I think coffee is very similar in that regard. You know, maybe new metal is not for everybody, but you might like beat down. So. Well, there, but then there's a couple new metal albums you like. That's right. So maybe you can dip your toe a little in something. Yeah. Maybe you don't like almond milk, but you like oat milk. So, you know, it's, there we go. it's so many different flavors. Um, so just try them. And yeah, if you I'm don't like them, try. you don't like them. That's it. So I'll give it a try. Yeah. That's why I just hate judgment and elitism when it comes to very petty things like music and uh, coffee. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh God, it happens though. There's a lot oh, of it. It's terrible. What, where's your coffee from this morning? Uh, there's this little spot. It's basically a uh, shipping container and a bunch of, it's a lady that I think she hires. I can't tell if it's all high school kids or her son or daughter's friends, but you literally, it's in between a Thai food spot and a liquor store in a parking lot. Just drive up acai bowls and uh, I just got like a white mocha. You don't know what the name of it is? Uh, Lean Bean. Lean Bean. Sick. Yeah. And you're, you're, that's in LA, right? You're in LA? Um, no, I'm in San Diego. Oh man. I See here, I thought... You were in uh, LA for some reason, but uh, San Diego is like probably my favorite SoCal city. I, I love oh, San really? Diego. Yeah. I've been to LA a few times, but mm -hmm. I did a music festival in 2019 called Wonderfront. It was like the inaugural. Okay. Uh, super awesome, diverse music festival that was started by some people who run one in Austin as well. Mm -hmm. And I was working a stage, saw incredible, like I saw like, Busta Rhymes with on stage with Manchester Orchestra it was so weird. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, it was sick. But uh, when I was there, I was there for about a week and like fell in love with the vibe of San Diego. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little slower. It's Super a little more chill, chill yeah. than than LA. LA's cool too, though. It's just not as sprawled, you know. It's like. Super yeah. compact compared to LA. It feels more like the square footage of DTLA with like. Okay a more chill vibe, just in my opinion, because you're right mm -hmm. there on the water, like the beach and everything's right there. It's really nice. So did you hit coffee spots when you were there? I hit... Were there like go-to ones that people have told you, hey, check this out? So San Diego, I didn't actually have any time because I was on property for like 14 hours a day um, gotcha. running camera. And like, uh, actually I was switching and directing camera for two stages. But um, where did I go... I hit some LA spots, but I have some some heads up. James Coffee is out of San Diego. Yeah. And I am completely blanking on who runs James Coffee, but he's a part of the hardcore community as well. So I'm I'm almost a hundred percent positive he was in uh, hardcore bands built to last, mm -hmm. uh, over my dead body. 
and then he did like boxcar racer and that's right that it was it is he was in boxcar racer that's it yeah 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 and then there's another cool one out here uh heartwork that's like okay. the kind of the hardcore one that's the unbroken dude oh okay, he owns cool, that yeah. one yeah i i had somebody i think had mentioned heart heartwood before but james coffee is the one everybody i talked to that's like you know uh, kind of an older head they're mm-hmm. always like james coffee have you talked to james i'm like no i don't <laughs> i haven't <laughs> is that is that the one you're talking to uh nick about yeah you like couldn't think of the name it was probably yeah, james coffee i think it was james coffee um but uh yeah nick being in and you know was this he's in like southern orange county he's right there anyway i was like just trying yeah to he's like I'm 45 minutes away, 50 minutes away. He can make the drive. He could do it. That's nothing uh, in LA. So, yeah. <laughs> you drive, it'll take you longer. Like, I think I've been stuck in a two hour, five mile traffic jam before. It's horrible. Yeah. I, uh, luckily, most of the traveling I did to LA for work was during the pandemic for some reason, like, oddly enough. Oh, so, so you there had was it easy. Yeah, there was like no traffic. I could get from my my office was in Santa Clarita, and I could get okay. to the airport in like thirty minutes. Damn, just crazy. Lucked out. Lucked out. <laughs> so, luckily, it's I, I've never experienced true <clears throat> LA traffic. Um, you, you don't want to. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a little bit about um, about guitar your guitar playing. You know, uh, I have listened to some podcasts that you've been on before, um, mm-hmm. and you said that playing shows was something that came a bit later on. When did guitar come into the picture for you? Uh, I always played guitar a little bit. I never actually really wanted to be in a band. Mm -hmm. I'm more of a, even nowadays, I'm more of a fan. Like if I couldn't play guitar or do music, I wouldn't really care so much. It's like, okay, that was that. I I just, I like music. It's kind of what I care about. Uh, But the first thing was bass actually. Okay, like the, cool. the only the only band I've ever turned in, I played bass. So basically, uh, guitar came after just out of necessity. And that's kind of how bass was too. Most people, I feel like if you're starting a band, there's a drummer and a guitar player. They, they're already starting it. So if someone asks you to be in a band, you be like, hey, you want to play bass? So that's kind of how that came about. Yeah. So finally, when I had a chance to start bands, that's when I started playing guitar. The bass is always the last thing to come, I feel like. And it's always either you already have two guitarists and you can't find a bassist, so then that guy plays like the, the the lesser of the guitarist plays the bass. Or like if you have another drummer that wants to be in the band but didn't quite make it, then he plays bass. Yeah, you we used to call it the dumb dumb stick. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't just see you put the bass on and play. Because I feel like you're either you're, you can either just play what the guitar is playing on bass, so that's what you do, or you're a really good bass player. Right. And I wasn't like a really good bass player. <laughs> I just kind of played, played, played what needed to be played. And so did you, did you pick that up when joining Stick to Your Guns, or had you been kind of, you know, noodling about around? I literally knew a Screeching Weasel song and... I think a propaganda song. Oh my it's like God. all I knew. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I had just toured with them. I'd gone on a tour doing merch. They're like, hey, you want to play bass? Like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> and I did it. And that's kind of how it happened. That's incredible. Um, it's really funny to, to, I feel like a lot of people, even Kev from Ignite, uh, talking about more about Ignite. Kev was the merch guy and then ended up playing guitar for Ignite. So I think that that's, that's funny. I, I did an Ignite tour with him. <laughs> so, yeah. 
uh, well, no, no, I play bass. Oh, okay, I didn't stick even to know. Gu- stick to your guns did a uh, a tour with Ignite is what I meant. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of the same thing. Like, <laughs> I totally get what he's talking about. Oh, that's amazing. So you learned bass first, Screeching Weasel and Propaganda. I, I still think that that's so funny because I think the first song, <laughs> I, I was a drummer like my entire life. And when I wanted to start playing strings, I picked up a bass because my mom was like learning bass in her 30s. Oh, that's and so, cool. Yeah, I was sick. So we had a couple of basses laying around. I was like, oh, I can learn tabs. So I learned like Boulevard of Broken Dreams by Green Day. Oh, nice. So yeah, which for me... <laughs> I think that song came out when I was 10 years old or something like that. So yeah, for me, that was like the hot thing at the time. Um, but yeah, and then I, out of necessity, started playing bass in a chaotic hardcore band, like in oh, high that's school. Cool. So Because you're, yeah. you're Canadian, correct? I am which not part? Canadian. I oh, live, you're not? I live, you live in, in Canada. Canada. Yes. Oh, okay. Which part do you live in? Montreal. Oh, Montreal was cool. The greatest Canadian city. I loved Montreal. I only been there twice, but it was cool. I, y'all probably played uh, like Club Soda or Fufoon or something like that. If you can, I literally remember. have to look at tour passes. People, I'll, people say, "Have you heard of this venue?" I go, "No," and my brother was like, "You played there? <laughs> what are you talking about?" <laughs> uh, last time I saw Stick to Your Guns, it was on the Knocked Loose tour, I think 2019, and they played Club Soda, um, and they and still they were, kill it up there. I bet. Oh, it's so good. Like I've I've known Stick to Your Guns for since. Well, uh, I think like my favorite song when I was younger was like Amber. So that okay. was like, I think the first full length. Yeah. That's right. I left right before that. Yeah. So that, <laughs> that was like, I'm like, of course I'm going to, you know, when that song comes on, everyone, everybody my age goes fucking crazy. Start stage diving and, you know, moshing when that breakdown kicks in. But uh, yeah, they're still fucking amazing, which actually um, Jesse is Jesse. right? Jesse, yeah. He yep. used to live in Montreal and yeah. uh, had cold snap. Yeah. That was a cool band. Fucking sick band. Yeah, yeah. I actually just saw them right before the pandemic. Uh, I filled in for riding out on a European tour and I got to play with Stick to Your Guns two shows. I forgot how many thousands of people it was, but it was crazy to see them. I mean, I played with them when there was 12 people at a show and then to see them now with thousands of people, it's pretty crazy. They're fucking Good for huge. Them. They're fucking yeah. huge now. It's crazy. Um, but even bands like they, you know, because they've been around for 10 plus years. Bands like Knocked Loose and Code Orange that are drawing crowds like that. Like Knocked Loose, I mean, uh, Code Orange playing Coachella. I mean, that's crazy. They've got thousands of people in the crowd, like going so hard stage diving at Coachella. Never seen that before. It's it's cool because I get to see all these bands break too. Mm -hmm. I see them when they're small and then, you know, they get huge. It's cool to see. And that's, I would love to talk about that because working at Chain Reaction, Chain Reaction is synonymous with anything having to do with distorted guitars and breakdowns. Um, I'd agree. It's It's been <laughs> a West Coast staple venue for, I mean, as long as I've been in the scene, I've been watching videos of Chain Reaction shows. What is one of the craziest experiences that you've had working at Chain Reaction? Injury-wise, I've put a lot of shoulders back into place there. <laughs> I would have Holding to assume the water that. bottle, have him rotate the arm, put it in. Yeah. I mean, there's all types of stuff. There's a last night at that uh desolated show, there's tons of uh people that had to get butterflied. There's just tons of stuff that happens. Man. But a lot of good too. A lot of good. Go windmilling too hard, you get <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> I feel bad because there's a lot of uh, casualties too. People Oof. that aren't there for that and they get uh destroyed. Feel bad for them. 
Uh, I feel like a lot of that is changing in terms of like the, I guess you're, you would be talking about crowd killing in a, in a sense, maybe. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Whatever you feel, want to call it, yeah. I feel like a lot of that has been kind of changing, especially like the whole trend of uh, no women in the pit, that kind of uh, yeah. mentality. I feel, like, I feel like that was more mid to late 90s, a little bit of the early 2000s. Yeah. Maybe uh, not to blast him, but maybe some Salt Lake scene type stuff. <laughs> yeah, we won't, we won't, we won't call him out by name, but uh, yeah, yeah, we all know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, but, yeah, different uh, mentality. Yeah, the the misogyny and toxic masculinity, I feel like, has definitely been kind of subsiding, especially in the past ten, five to ten years. It's been really, really great going to shows. Oh yeah, it's and, pretty. It's got to be. It's just way different. Like that band, uh, what are they called? CU Space Cowboy just played. And that's, you know, the the front person that, that like would have been crazy to see back in the day. And yeah. now there's every ba- tons of bands have that. It's pretty cool. It's like Con- the kids nowadays are growing up in a, a way cooler time than I did. Like, like yeah. CU Space Cowboy, like somebody will comment and be like, oh, his vocals are really cool. And then someone underneath will be like, her vocals. And then, yeah, you got to be a little careful, right? <laughs> that's that's my only thing is I hope I don't mess up and offend someone. I'm a little from the old school. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, as I feel like, as long as the intention and the heart behind it is not malicious, that's like the main thing. Oh, 100 percent. So it's a cool, cool era though. Kids are growing yes, up in a cool era. I agree. But uh, you, you mentioned some positives about working at Chain Reaction. What? Uh, what are some things that you've really enjoyed being a part of there? Uh, I think just seeing, you know, bands start from scratch. Like, uh, I remember the the cool show I ever saw, there was Portugal, the man. And it's not really, I, I like that band a lot, but mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan. But I remember just seeing them sitting in our light booth, watching them and there, there couldn't have been more than 30 people there. And just hearing like this band do vocal harmonies and the riffs they're playing. I was just like, wow, this band's insane. So seeing stuff like that, stuff built from the ground up, and then also seeing like Knock Loose. Ah, I'm so bad with dates, but I'm pretty sure they've played there in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. even sooner. They've played, I think it was after the pandemic, and they're a huge band. Yeah. So seeing like the huge bands come back and play the small spot and kids just, you know, probably loving it. You have oh, to go nice. to like fairgrounds or something to see them now. So seeing stuff like that in a small room, people hyped up on it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's it's really cool. I I like it when 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 bands like that that are hardcore in their roots, but kind of branch out and you know marry a few different genres or pieces from genres to get kind of bigger. They they get you know recognized by a lot, but they still maintain that DIY hardcore mentality and you know still pay respect to those venues and those fans. Well, it's that, like yeah, they can't help getting big. <laughs> it's not their fault. Everybody likes that band. <laughs> right. Um, but they still play like First Unitarian in Philly. Oh, that's cool. And Chain Reaction. Chain Reaction, the room is what, 300? Sure. <laughs> it's smaller, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. On a, it's on supposed a, to be smaller. On a, on, a, on a good day, wink, wink, 300 can fit. Um, so a little bit more. <laughs> they'll, they'll do two nights at uh, like Chain Reaction. That's sick. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's the thing, that band to appease their fan base would probably have to do five nights at Chain Reaction. <laughs> so the fact that they come and do any is pretty cool to me. 
Yeah. So I have a lot of love for those bands, even though some elitists will still say that that's not hardcore, that's metalcore, or that's not this, that's that. It's like, it doesn't matter because they're, they've been a part of the scene for a long time. Well, that's fine. I mean, they're still killing it in their own right. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone has haters. That's true. Everyone, everyone do have haters. Um, I mean, you could be the best band. Some of my favorite bands, people are like, that band is horrible. How do you listen to that? <laughs> oh, man. Corn. No, I'm just kidding. I love Oh, Korn. you listen to Corn? That's yeah. one band I never listened to. They just released new music. It's the only reason that I, uh, I, oh, okay. I bring it up. They literally released a single with a video three days ago. And uh, one of my friends texted me and was like, so I guess they're trying to be Code Orange now? Which is really funny. Was it good? Yeah, it was actually good. <laughs> That's rad. It's, it's a lot of my friends cool. love that band. They swear by it. And I feel like I missed the boat. If I try and listen to it now, it's just like, I don't know if it'll have the same effect. I was one of those guys that didn't like bands like Korn or bigger bands like Alice in Chains and even Audio Slave bands like that. But from an ignorant perspective of like, I never really listened to them because I was like, oh, those are just like the radio bands or, you know, like the poser bands. And then when I'm... So me, it was the backwards R. Once I saw the backwards R, I was just like, I'm not listening to this. <laughs> I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> Which is weird too, because like I love Deftones and I know they're kind of different ballparks, but they're also kind of in the same circle, they're especially in the back in the day. Yeah. yeah. And I just saw the backwards R and I was like, ah, I don't know if I'm gonna listen to this. And a K. It's tight though. It's, it's cool. I, I bet it a, is. I, I'd, I'd, I would, I would uh, persuade you. Just give it a, okay. give it, but the old stuff, I would say start oh, with Oh, like, you know what? That's the problem is I heard... So I think I had, maybe it was this year or last year, because our singer on our demo is wearing a corn shirt. I remember a bunch of people mm-hmm. giving him shit for it. So I listened, someone's like, listen to corn. And I heard the, isn't there a, a knickknack, paddywhack, give a dog a bone line? Yeah. Yeah, I turned it off after that. Yeah. But that's <laughs> like, like ah, I don't know. You have to realize back then, like in the, you know, in the 90s when they were kind of. Oh yeah, um, if I was 15, that would have been my shit. Even yeah. that line, I'd be like. How clever. Shit was dope. That That shit was cool. Like the the MTV uh, singles. I know all that shit. Mm -hmm. What is that? Freak on a leash and stuff like that. Freak on a leash is still, it still slaps like 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, (laughs) yeah, I, man, MTV, that was like the best and worst thing that ever happened. I think to underground. (laughs) I loved it. Back, back. Yeah. When it was like, actual music, music now, yeah when i was growing up it was transitioning like the whole trl thing and then they mm-hmm. stopped playing music videos and it was terrible so then it's garbage tv that you still love <laughs> i mean <laughs> sure <laughs> uh everyone loves jersey shore so foreign pain foreign pain you guys have been around since 2015 uh yep. we were talking about earlier First full link dropped August of last year. Crazy. Yeah. That was a long time. Um, Death of <laughs> Divinity, which is in fact a, a great album. Um, I've, I've listened to it a few times now and there's parts in there that hearken me to early 2010s metalcore. Some of the breakdowns are crowd kill worthy. Um, really, really great reviews online as well. What was the process, I know that you guys are not, you know, full-time. It's more of like a side project for fun, but what were some of the things going into it? Some of the goals that y'all had when creating this full length? 
absolutely nothing, to be honest. <laughs> it was literally the whole project was just to get together, keep playing music, and kind of hang out with each other. Mm-hmm. I know it's kind of a boring answer, but no, that's all it was. Not- like, uh, I had met Aaron, the other guitar player. Uh, the last tour I did with Six Year Guns was with Ghost Inside. And it was one of their first couple of tours, if mm-hmm. not their first, as the Ghost Inside. So I knew him. I quit Six Year Guns. I was working at Chain. Saw him there coming to shows. He had just quit the Ghost Inside. Uh, hey, man, you're not doing anything. You want to just come here and work? Cool. So we started working at Chain. Naturally, you're around each other. We knew we played music. We're buddies. It's like, hey, throw the idea out there. You want to start playing a little music? Cool. Hang out after hours, start riffing. And that's literally how it started. That's it. That was the goal. You know, doing it for fun. I know that I'm getting into my 30s, which is weird for me to even say and think about anyway. Uh, but uh, like... It's all the same. 30s or 20s, 20s. <laughs> I know. And it, it's really funny too, because I see the trend now. Even guys that have been in hardcore for a long time, maybe took a break, are starting to do touring bands again, which is really, really cool because I feel like, especially with the pandemic, priorities have shifted a lot for people and we've kind of evaluated what brings you joy and what doesn't. It's it's kind of true what you said because a lot of... I feel like when you get to a certain age, like you said, you're about to be 30. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like people... Do You you play in a band, right? I thought I heard that you play in a band. Yeah, I do. I do, yeah. Is it drums? Mm -hmm. Okay. Do people give you shit like you're too old? Like, what are you still doing in a hardcore band? No, in fact, I find that a lot of the people that I meet at shows are very close to my age. Oh, that's... Okay, cool. Because a lot of people... I remember when I was like 25, people were like, you're too old to be playing in a hardcore band. Get a job. Grow up. Especially when you see dudes like... Uh, I don't know, maybe like a Scott Vogel. How old is that dude? He's almost 50, right? People are like, what are you going to do? Get a job. It's like, he's doing what he loves. Yeah. You know what I mean? It keeps him young. Otherwise, he'd be dying behind a desk somewhere. And I think that's kind of where I was going with that is you hear from people like Toby Morris, like Pete Kohler from Sick of It All. I mean, they're saying that they'll... <laughs> people ask them, when are you going to stop touring? When are you going to get a real job? They're like, we're going to keep touring as long as people are coming to shows. So I guess when people stop coming to shows, you know, we'll stop. But we never planned to have this as a career. It just happened. So Yeah. Well, I, a lot of people have issues with the old guy on stage. You know what I mean? I think it looks cool, in my opinion. I do too. And for me, it's like the fact that you're able to still do that and play that kind of music and, you know, still find joy in something that you've been doing for 30, 40 years. I yeah. mean, I have so much respect for that because there's things that I've let go of in three years that I've lost interest in. So, <laughs> true. But, um, to talk more about, you know, death of divinity, doing it for fun. Is there any chance of picking this up? I know that you guys had reviews from no echo lamb goat lamb goat was crazy. Um, you were in stick to your guns and, um, you know, the ghost inside members also, um, isn't it, you have a guy that does merch for some labels as well. Yeah. Uh, the singer Doyle, he runs overcast Mm. Yeah, and he does a lot of stuff. And that's kind of how that's kind of how the good fight thing came about. But you are super plugged into the scene. 
obviously. Mm-hmm. And being from San Diego and, and Southern California, obviously a ton of connections for being a part of Chain Reaction uh, and now Good Fight. What what are some things that maybe y'all didn't picture, but but could be happening? Like maybe a tour, you know, more full links. Like what is kind of the plan from here? Well, bef- before we were on Good Fight, I think in the f- five years we played six shows, mm-hmm. maybe six shows. And I think getting on Good Fight gave us a little more push to kind of like do a little more. You know, we kind of owe them. Like yeah. put out our record. We got to do stuff. Like we just did some Barrier Dead shows. Uh, or was it a show? Yeah, a show. Because mm-hmm. the other ones got canceled. Uh, we have shows next month. And then we're just trying to play as much as we can. I mean, we're down for like flyouts, Four days. I, the other guys have pretty crazy careers. So getting them away from that's a little hard. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we, we're trying to do as much as we can. It's humanly possible. That's the goal. I'd heard you mention that on on the podcast you did. Um, getting it out, I think, is the the podcast that it was. But um, oh yeah, he, that guy, that was so cool because I'm like, uh, this isn't really my thing. Pretty, pretty like sit in the back with my hoodie up type person. Not super outgoing, so I was like a pretty nervous during that one. I felt a little weird, but he was super cool. Uh, it was it's it sounded like uh, like two hardcore dudes, kind of like just you know, shooting the shit, which was fun to listen to. Um, That's cool. At least it wasn't horrible. <laughs> Hopefully not. Unless you're just uh, being nice. Yes. No, I'm not being nice. I, I'm not a nice person. I'm just kidding. But uh, it, I, <laughs> I did, uh, I did uh, enjoy listening, just hearing about, you know, you guys, because it's, there's not a ton of stuff online aside from the reviews and things like that. But uh, even like some live videos, I was like, are there any live videos of foreign paint? No. Okay. Well, you know, I'm going to well, try the to funny find part it. too, is the, the live videos were pretty much practices. Mm-hmm. So, you know, is that how y'all sent it out to get the shows? It's like, this is us jamming. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's what it was like. Cause uh, even now, like we had practice yesterday and our drummer goes, he goes to college. What is he like a couple hours away? So he can only fly in, like he had a wedding to go to. So we just got a quick practice in. That's kind of like how everything, like aligning everyone's schedules is pretty hard. And I Damn. mean, I work from anywhere from one in, one in the afternoon till two in the morning. Mm-hmm. So aligning stuff up with dudes that have day jobs, it's just, it's kind of rough. Yeah, that's, a, that's definitely the, the struggle once you hit uh, adulthood is letting go of certain priorities to make room for more what are like, what are you going to give the energy in your life to in that spare time to? So yeah, definitely. I, I feel mean, that hardcore struggle. is a young man's sport. <laughs> it is a young man's sport. <laughs> that's kind of what I meant about like the old guy. They're like, come on, this is for young dudes. But I think it keeps me young. I had uh, uh, Seb, the vocalist from Regulate, he was on not too long ago. It's a cool band. Yeah, I love them. And they were talking, he was talking about, you know, dudes on TikTok like 30 year olds putting up videos of them moshing and he's like you're th- you could have a mortgage why are you yeah. putting pictures of you i mean videos of yourself <laughs> moshing i'm like is that to say that 30 year olds shouldn't mosh he's like no go to shows and mosh i'm like cuz i yeah. still mosh and uh i have certain people in my life that give me shit for moshing still but it's mostly because they don't want me to get hurt <laughs> okay i get that like early onset arthritis or something like that but yeah i think a kid last night broke his hand moshing yeah, see, I don't, I, I have to dial it back. I can't mosh like a 19 year old anymore. Yeah, yeah. Know your limits. Know, know your limits. 
but uh, yeah, some of the features on the Death of Divinity, really, really cool. The fact that y'all had Nate from Zabalba. Zabalba yeah. is one of my all-time favorite hardcore mixed with metal, death metal bands. Mm. Um, so listening to, to Holy Order and then hearing Nate come in, it's like, that's hard as fuck. Um, yeah, he's he's good. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's really cool that since you guys are so plugged in, you're doing this for fun most of the time and and just, you know, hanging out, doing shit that you like to do. But the fact that you're able to do it at a level that maybe, you know, a lot of other people, like I don't have those connections. So even if I was just trying to release music, it would be a totally independent thing. So I, I really enjoy the fact that you guys are you know, putting out quality music, but almost as a hobby. It's just really, really cool to see that. Thank you. Um, well, I have like one last question before we go, but I've really appreciated talking to you, Daryl. This has been a lot of fun, super chill. Uh, I learned about a new drink. Yeah. <laughs> Creo brew. So it might I'll be short lived for you, but you can at least give it a try. I'm definitely going to check it out. Uh, so yeah. Uh, but before we go, I would love to know what your favorite city for it's usually beans and breakdowns. So what I'll say is maybe brews and breakdowns. I'll have to go San Diego. Shout out uh Heartwork. Yep. Uh Dark Horse. Lean Bean. <laughs> That's right. Dark Horse is also in in San Diego. I forgot about that too. It's crazy because I have friends that work there and I've never had it. <laughs> So I'm kind of posing, shouting this stuff out. Even heart work, I've only had teas there. Every wow. time I go, when my buddy's in town, we'll get teas. You're one of those getting teas at the uh, coffee shop. Yeah, I'm bad. <laughs> no, that's okay. I, I always uh, I always found that a little bit strange, but getting more into teas recently, like hand-blended teas, I completely understand. The when it's also, it was also kind of the thing I'm talking about. I see the menu and I don't really know mm-hmm. what's what. Like usually when I go to a coffee shop, I ask people, what do you recommend? Like, what do you drink? And I'll try it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I get the teas. I'm like, ah, I can't really tease a tea. Are you the, do you like getting the little glass thing where they put the loose leaf tea and then it steeps in like the, the little, almost like a French press filter, uh, uh, pitcher. And then you pour it out or do you like just tea bags? I was going to say that sounds great, but I just tea bag it. <laughs> 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 I appreciate the, uh, the, uh, phrasing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Oh man. Sorry. PG uh, show, right? The mind goes where the mind goes. Um, <laughs> well, Daryl, I really appreciate you hanging out. Uh, um, this has been a lot of fun and I hope you enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Uh, thank, thanks for coming on so early. You too, man. Thanks. Nice meeting you. Nice meeting you. Take care. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beans and Breakdowns. I want to say a huge thanks to Daryl for hanging out on the podcast. If you haven't already, check out Death of Divinity, the full length by Foreign Pain, available on all listening platforms. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. You can also find out more information about the podcast by following us on Instagram at Beans and Breakdowns and on the web at beansandbreakdowns.com. Until next week, stay caffeinated and wake the fuck up. (laughs) 